Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'd encourage you, the, uh, the gospel today, we're not going to really specifically spend our time in the gospel, but I want to encourage you, this reading in Matthew chapter 25 was massively important for the early church. And be- largely because of this reading, we Christians knew that when we encountered the suffering and the poor, that we encountered Christ. And in, in the entire world, you might have heard me say this before, but it, where Christianity flourished, new words had to be invented for things like orphanages and hospitals and homes for the sick and dying, because nowhere in the world were they ever taken care of before, until Christ. And that's so important for us. So I'd encourage you. Uh, one time I, was, I remember being a young adult about 50 years ago and I was at the cathedral and it was this reading and Archbishop Shapu made me do like one of the most uncomfortable things ever. He made the whole congregation, uh, he read this, they read this gospel and he said, okay, everyone repeat after me. And he said, if, you do not, if I do not love the poor, and I said, if I do not love the poor, I will go to hell. I will go to hell. And you feel that? And the, everyone said it, and I was like, okay. Think about that. Okay, remember when you were a kid, and you watched Sesame Street, and it was sponsored by numbers and letters? Remember that? Right? They're like, today's show is sponsored by the letter P and the number seven. Right? Today's homily is sponsored by the Greek word paresia. So everyone say paresia. Paresia is a massively important word in the New Testament, in a lot of places, but especially in Acts of the Apostles. Today, what I want to talk to you about is paresia. It's something that you and I have to have. It is a quality of the church that we desperately need today, and it's something that on the Feast of Christ the King, we should be confident that God will give us. Paresia is what little kids have. So you know how little kids say the things that all the adults are thinking but would never say? Right? Yes, you do. And if you don't know that, you haven't had kids yet, and wait for it, it'll come. Right? But kids, they have paresia. When they see something, they know it. They're confident, and they just say it. So my favorite moment of this ever, you you might have heard this story, but early in my time at Lourdes, I was walking in. It wasn't me, actually. I was gone. But I heard the story later. I was gone, and some other priest was covering Mass here, and there was some little kid back over on this side, and he started yelling at this priest when he was processing in. And he was like, You're not Father Brian! (laughs) (laughs) Like, imposter! And I love that kid. (laughs) May he reign forever with Christ in heaven. (laughs) Right? Kids, when they see something, they just say it. They know it's true, right? And they they just let us have it. My nieces and nephews, my, my brother and his wife are the two most physically fit human beings on planet Earth. So all my nieces and nephews, when they were younger, they would like come up to me and they're like, Uncle Brian, why are you so fat? 
I'm like, Christ will judge you at the last judgment, and may he have mercy on your soul. Parisia, brothers and sisters, means boldness. That's what it means. It means boldness. And that is so important for us to have. Today we celebrate the feast of Christ the King. Brothers and sisters, our church, the Catholic church that Jesus Christ founded, one of the first gifts he ever gave to us was the gift of boldness. In Acts chapter 4, the disciples are gathered together. And they're praying. And as they're praying, we look down here in verse 28. Right, we'll jump to 29. And the apostles have been punished for their belief in Jesus. They're being punished for their belief in the resurrection. And in verse 29, they say, And now, Lord, look upon the threats of the nations and grant to your servants to speak your word with all parisia, with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. With Parisia. The story of Acts of the Apostles, what happens after that moment, the early church is going to go out, and they are up against tremendous odds. Everything is against them. Everything. They are a tiny sect that no one even knows who they are. The Jewish authorities are seeking to destroy the church. And they will go out and they will convert the world. Boldness, brothers and sisters, is an essential characteristic of the church of Jesus Christ. Essential. And when you and I, when we have faith, when we are filled with the deep knowledge of the goodness and the love of Christ the King, of his reign, of his authority, that he is the world's one true Lord. Right? There is one king of this world. His name is not Joe. His name is not Donald. Right? His name is nothing other than Jesus. And the early church knew it. They knew it to the core of their hearts and souls. And that gave them boldness. And this is all through the Bible, by the way. When you and I know God, when we're not like, I think it's true, I might believe it, when Jesus Christ has risen you from death into new life, right? When his love has brought you into a new way of being a human being, brothers and sisters, there's nothing that can stop you. Nothing. The Jews knew this even before Jesus. They were called to be bold for God in the world. And that's why our favorite stories about the Jews are things like David and Goliath. All right, David in, in 1 Samuel 17, 
David is up against an impossible opponent. Right? Can you imagine being up against Goliath? And David isn't like shaking in his booties. He's not nervous. He's not scared. He has parasia. And he runs to Goliath, and Goliath curses him in 1 Samuel 17. And David comes back and he says, You come against me with sword and spear, but I come with the living God, whom you have defiled. We love those stories, don't we? One of my favorite ones is, is Daniel in the lion's den. At the end of the book of Daniel, Daniel is like the Jews. He's the true human being who finds himself in the midst of a group of ferocious lions seeking to devour him. And the church, brothers and sisters, we're going to feel this way, aren't we? Right now, I'm a melancholic, so I'm happy when I'm sad, and I'm sad when I'm happy. Right? Melancholics unite. We will conquer the world. But I get this way. I look at the world, and I think, Jesus, what is going on with these terrible, two terrible wars happening right now? Our country, every stat, I don't even want to look at stats anymore. Every stat is like, yep, Christianity is going off the cliff. Fewer people go to mass. Fewer people believe in marriage. Fewer people believe that there's any difference between right and wrong. On and on and on and on. We've got our Goliaths as a church. It looks like, you know, we had that moment. We overturned Roe versus Wade. And now it looks like every state is just going to enshrine abortion in their constitutions. Brothers and sisters, the living God is with us. And he is the world's one and only Lord. The only one. If you and I believe this more deeply, if today, today on the Feast of Christ the King, I pray that after Mass, you know, we're going to do our procession, today you should beg God for parousia. In the ancient world, that, that word has a lot of meanings. Parasia, boldness, sometimes it's translated as speaking openly or freely. In the ancient world, outside of the Bible, when you find the word parasia, it oftentimes has to do with uh, political discourse. And the only people who could have parasia were freemen. If you are a slave, you cannot speak freely. And the same is true today. If we are enslaved by our sins, if we're enslaved by the things of this world, we will never speak boldly. Only free men speak with parousia. And here's what's going to happen, and we have to know this. Brothers and sisters, our, our everyday lives deceive us. What seems so real to us as we walk around Denver and Colorado is... All the depressing things, the government's problems, the homeless problem we have in Denver right now, the problems we have with drugs. We look at things that are powerful and influential and they seem so real. None of that will last. None. Today on the Feast of Christ the King, we have to know to the bottom of our souls, brothers and sisters, one thing will remain. And that is the kingdom of God. 
That will remain. As Paul says in Philippians 2, someday every knee will bow before Jesus Christ. Every knee. The people right now who seem more powerful than us, the people who are arrayed against us, the evil in this world that is our enemy, every knee will bend before Jesus Christ. Every single one. And if we knew that as a church, we would confront the evil of this world in a much more forceful way than we do. We have to have boldness. Today is about kingdoms. It's about Christ the King. And there's so much we could say about it, but I want to leave you with one kind of closing thought today. The greatest empire the world has ever seen is the Roman Empire. In Acts of the Apostles, in chapter 4, the apostles pray for boldness, and then they go out, and everywhere they go, they proclaim the kingdom of God. And everyone thinks they're crazy. In Acts 17, Paul's in Thessalonica, your favorite city and mine. He's in Thessalonica, and the, the, they're cast out of the city, and one of the citizens says, these men have turned the world upside down. And they say that there's another king aside from Caesar, and his name is Jesus. In Acts 17, the same chapter, just a little bit further on, Paul goes to Athens. And he says in Acts 17, let me read it to you. He says, the times of ignorance God overlooked. But now he commands all men everywhere to repent. Imagine if we did this, right? I'm not advocating that. Some of you probably would go do this. Don't do that. But we should be bold. Paul is in Athens in the center of wisdom of the ancient world, and he's publicly telling everyone here, God's overlooked your former sins, but now he raised him from the dead. And he commands every single one of you. He doesn't ask nicely. He doesn't say, you should go home and think and pray about this. He commands all men everywhere to repent. There's going to be one kingdom that lasts. Just one. We have unbelievable power, brothers and sisters, if we believe that more deeply and if we receive this gift of boldness from God. Lastly today, one of the things you might not know, the, the early church, guided by God's hand, knew that, they, that everything was theirs. They didn't calculate by looking in a human way at things. They didn't say, they've got more resources than us. We're a tiny little group. What can we do? They didn't do that. Jose Maria Escriva has a great little line. He says, if you are a disciple of Christ, all of your thinking has to change. And he says, instead of uh, the normal way of thinking, which is 2 plus 2 is 4, he says, the disciple says, 2 plus 2 plus God. Two plus two plus God.
And so it's no mistake in the Acts of the Apostles, the whole movement of that letter, it'd be a great letter to read today. There's 28 chapters in the book of Acts. You can read it in 20 minutes. Great book to read today. The apostles receive boldness, and the whole movement of the book, they make their way further and further outside of Jerusalem, and they proclaim the word of God in all boldness, and it is no mistake that Acts of the Apostles ends in Rome. And there's all kinds of hints, St. Luke tells us in Acts of the Apostles, that there's going to be a new Rome, there's a new kingdom. And so when Paul... When he makes his way to Rome, in Acts 28, it says, After three months we set sail on a ship which had wintered in the island, a ship of Alexandria, with the twin brothers as its figurehead. Does anybody know who are the twin brothers on the figurehead of this sh ship? Romulus and Remus. The mythical founders of Rome were twin brothers who are the founders of Rome. Rome is named for Romulus. But the early Christians said the actual founders of the new Rome, of the new kingdom, are two twin brothers, Peter and Paul, who will both die in Rome. In Acts of the Apostles, the very last line, Paul makes his way to Rome, and it says, he lived there two whole years at his own expense. And it seems like this boring ending, but listen to this. He lived two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ. And my translation says, openly. You know what the Greek word is there? It's parousia. In ancient Rome, Caesar, the title that Caesar gave himself, was Kyrios, Lord. Rome was the center of the earth. There are inscriptions from altars in Rome who named Caesar as the savior of the world. Paul had his Goliath. It was called the Roman Empire. It became Catholic. Brothers and sisters, someday every knee will bend at the name of Jesus. Every single one. Your disenfranchised brother-in-law who has left the church and thinks we're all hypocrites, his knee will bend at the name of Jesus. Your boss, who's really sweet but can be a tyrant sometimes, her knee will bend at the name of Jesus someday. Every elected official in this, in this country, their knees will bend at the name of Jesus. All of them. There is one kingdom. And you and I are called to proclaim it with boldness. Jesus, our King, grant us that gift today. May Christians no longer be timid, May we be bold in proclaiming the truth of who you are. May we witness to your resurrection and your kingdom. Jesus, may your kingdom spread everywhere.
Jesus, our King, your kingdom come, your will be done.